Bills fans. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you may be, wherever you may be listening. Welcome to the Avalanche just got done losing uh, to a very, very good Edmonton Oilers team, 6-2. And we're going to go over that game, uh, a brief update on the Stadium Series jerseys, um, some updates on some player injuries, and kind of a brief note on uh, where the Avs go from here. Maybe not in terms of, you know... uh, Readjusting everything. It was just a bad game, but uh, where they're heading next uh, in terms of who they're playing. So, um, first things first, I have to make a, a announcement like um, any anybody that kind of gets a new job, uh, you pretty much have a vacation planned. And that's exactly what I had when I uh, signed on with Locked On. Um, I've had a vacation, a family vacation booked since, since this time last year. Um, to Disney World down in Florida. So we will be leaving the whole family and the in-laws and the sister-in-laws and brother-in-laws. We're all heading down to Disney uh, this Sunday through the entire week, coming back Saturday. So all next week there will not be any Locked On Avalanche shows. Um, I'll still be active on the social media. Um, so, <coughs> excuse me, I won't be completely absent, but... Um, just kind of wanted to pass that information along to you. If you don't see a show uh, heading your way, that is why. Um, lockdown was okay with that, that I you know, had this thing booked. I can't really cancel that at this point in time, So, nor would I want to. So um, I'll talk about that when I get home. So um, that's that. As far as the Stadium Series jerseys go, there was a, uh, a, another image floating around today of it's almost like a professional ad for the jersey um and it's, i think it had like adidas they're they have like some special phrasing that they're calling these jerseys with adidas in the name so i don't know what the heck it is but this was like a professionally done ad it, you know which people are creative out there could they have done that again absolutely we still don't have a definitive answer coming from the colorado avalanche themselves so I guess there's still that 1% chance it could be different. I don't think that's happening at this point in the game. People, I think that's our jersey. And it's growing on me more and more and more. I really do like it. Seeing it in this style, um, the colors pop a little bit more. Because the other images were, despite you know our smartphones being able to, hand, you know the megapixels are off the charts, the images weren't really that crisp and clear. And didn't really the colors didn't really pop or anything like that. I feel like in this image, and you can do you can oversaturate it with a, a professionally done image. I do. I think they I think they look kind of cool. And like I said, I think when the entire team is wearing them, I like them. I like them. I like them better than the Dallas one, uh, Dallas uh, Winter Classic game. Do I like them better than the Predators one? I'm gonna say yes because I'm an Avalanche fan, but I really like those Predator ones too. So, uh, for those that care about jerseys, little update there. Uh, before. Uh, we get to the game action, or lack thereof. Um, in the morning, Nikita Dzorov and uh, Pierre-Edouard Belmar practiced, 
Um, it, at the time, it was unclear exactly what they were going to do, if anything. Um, it turns out uh, Zadorov went to Vancouver. He will meet the team there when they play in a couple days. And Belmar got the um, way to get the start, but he, he, he played. Um, which, you know, that's both these guys, hockey players. Even if uh, Zadorov goes out uh, to Vancouver and he plays Saturday in Vancouver, yeah, um, that's amazing. Both of those injuries, these guys came back relatively quickly. I hate saying, well, that's a hockey player because that is a hockey player, but um, with everything that we know just medically, with um, especially with Belmar with the concussion, it's a scary thing to come back quick, but you have to trust the NHL doctors and the protocol and um, not putting him out there uh, if he wasn't ready to go. So if he's out there, he, he's sure as hell ready. Same thing with Zadorov, taking a puck off the face, um, getting multiple stitches and some teeth reconfigured. Uh, that image that he put up on social media was was awesome, by the way. Um, if you guys haven't seen that, go check it out. Um, and for him to come back as quick as he is, both of these guys, you know, they got to get back on the ice at some point. So if they're ready to go, they're ready to go. Um, and then uh, Adam Werner got the start again today, and rightly so. Um and uh, Bibu was his backup, so we did not have again a Pavel Francouz, who did not even travel with the team, um, and Grubauer, who did. So I think it was one of those things, like we said yesterday, with um, Werner having such a uh, amazing game. Why not give him the start? Give him another shot. Let Grubauer take another day off. Um, go from there. It was did not work out that way, as uh, we will come to see. You know, the it's kind of getting into the the, the lines uh, that Coach Bednar set um, into the game. They're interesting. So, first line was the first line: Don Scoy, McKinnon, and Calvert. Uh, second line was uh, Burkowski, Kadri, and Comfer. Third line: Nachuskin, Belmar, and Nieto. And the fourth line uh, was uh, Tynan, Kemenev, and Jost. So I don't know if that's like putting Tyson Jost down. Because I don't want to say he hasn't been playing well. He's been playing solid. He's not. He's not. You know what we want him to be. Um, it was it to get him maybe on the fourth line where he might be the best team player on that fourth line. I think that might have something to do with it. Maybe kickstart something for him. But um, he really, I didn't really see much from him tonight. So I don't know if it really worked, but I didn't really see much from anybody tonight. So we can kind of just chalk this one up to um, running into a better team. Um, like, and just not having it today like we had over Nashville last week. Nashville just didn't have it that day. It doesn't mean they're a bad team. And we can't use the, the um, injuries as excuses. Um, we're not using them as excuses when we win. They're not existent when we win. But when we lose, we can't say, well, we have all these injuries because we beat some pretty good teams with all these injuries in place. So you can't have it both ways. Um, it's just uh, a bad game, a better team right now, um, 
And yeah, I mean, we have injuries, but like I said, we can't just say, well, now because we lost like this, those injuries played a role. If we had these guys back, it might have been different. Yeah, it would have. It would have been different in the games we won, too. Would it have still won those games? I don't know. You can't answer that question, but you just can't have it both ways. So um, we're going to get into uh, this this game, kind of not really break it down, just kind of summarize what went bad, which wasn't – I mean, I want to say it was bad. It was not like they played awful. Um, it's just watching this Edmonton, Edmonton team for the first time this year, for me anyway, uh, they're legit. I said in yesterday's show they need to kind of beat teams like this, and they not only beat Colorado, they manhandled them. So we're going to talk about that too. So right off the rip, 30 seconds in, just like last game, um, I think a lot of people were holding their breath. And, um, you know, the the Francis injury in the first 30 seconds of the game against Winnipeg uh, turned out to be uh, scary, dangerous, and um, this time it was Nathan McKinnon that got taken out. Um, it, it it was a clean hit. Um, I don't want to you know say it was anything dirty like that, although it came from a, a kind of dirty player, um, which we'll bring him up again later on because he had a inexcusable hit that didn't get called. By the way, I don't know why. Um, so. Yeah, McKinnon, McKinnon he, did, he does this thing, and he, he watching him all the time, uh, you, you, I don't want to say you know it's coming, but he does it where he's flying up the left-hand side, and right when he gets into the zone, about halfway into the zone, he'll just put on the brakes and look for somebody. You, you have to respect his speed, um, so you can't plan for him to do it, but I think... Um, uh, the uh, the Avalanche, the, the Oilers were planning for it um, and to send in, who was it that they sent in to kind of just take him out? I think it was Cassian. Uh, almost, yeah, I think it was I think it was Zach Cassian who came in and just, just unloaded on him. Uh, kind of waiting for him to do that hockey stop and then just took him out. It was a clean hit, but um, being the Avalanche fan, you kind of just hold your breath. We're like, okay, like, you know, if, if a guy just, you know, trips over something, is he going to be out for months um, at this point for us? So, but McKinnon got right up. Calvert went to his defense, you know, and, and fought him. And that was what started the game. Didn't really have any effect on McKinnon. I don't think, um, you know, it wasn't a, a nasty hit, but he, he, took his skates out right from under him. So, um, and McKinnon didn't really seem like he slowed down for the rest of the game. He was shut down, but everybody in Colorado was. So um, that's where it started, and which obviously got the home crowd involved for Edmonton. But uh, Burkowski scored the first goal. It wasn't Edmonton. It was Colorado. And uh, he, I'm pretty sure they, they – I should go check. Let me check that really quick because it looked like it got tipped in um, and I want to, no, they give it, they, yeah, they kept it to Burkowski. So he got his sixth, um, of the season and it was about a minute and a half into the game. So about a minute after McKinnon got taken out, um, and Kadri had a nice, uh, he, he controlled the puck in the, in the corners and found Burkowski just streaking down and gave it to him. And Burkowski had a nice wrist shot. Um, then 
I don't want to say it was all downhill from there, but it was pretty close because Avalanche put up a fight, and like I said, they played well. But I think when Connor McDavid wants to turn it on, um, he can turn it on. And he started it with, uh, like I said, you have to respect McKinnon's speed. You really have to respect McDavid's speed. And he's coming into the zone. Avalanche defense, defenders are backing up, and he's not – he just – causes you to be so defensive and you don't want to get too close to him because there's so many things he can do so you have to give him space which is also what you don't want to do it's just you're in a losing situation with this guy because it's impossible to to really defend him when he has a head of steam and this left uh, Nugent, Hops- Nugent Hopkins wide open for a, a he just dropped the puck behind him and Nugent Hopkins, Hopkins just Ripped a shot right past Warner. Um, really nothing you can do about it. So, I've seemed to... Um, they had a lot of chances early on, and good chances, in the slot, between the dots. Um, and it was almost like they, they game-planned for that um, because I don't, I don't know if they saw something in the defense for the, the Oilers or what the case may be, but they were taking more chances and... and finding it relatively easy to get the puck into that slot zone and get really good shots on net and really good chances, but they just couldn't break through. Um, but you couldn't fault them for, for what they were doing. They were, they, I think they led in shots on goal. I'll get to the stats at the end. Um, or if they didn't, they were pretty close. Let me just check now. Cause now it's on my mind. Um, matchup. Yeah, they beat him in shots on goal, thirty-three to twenty-seven. And despite Edmonton scoring six goals, you would think you know they were well. Edmonton had four shots on goal in the third, which they didn't really need to do much of anything in the third. So, but Avalanche were getting their chances. So um, you kind of felt like okay, this might go somewhere. This is going to be a good game. This is good back and forth. Both teams are really fast. This is going to be an entertaining game. Um, and then one right after the another, bang bang, goals by Edmonton. And we went from thinking this is going to be a run-and-shoot game, back and forth, maybe high-scoring because both teams are uh, have some pretty high-octane players that can score. And before you know it, Edmonton's up 3-1, to one, and now Colorado finds themselves they haven't found themselves in in a little while. I mean, we, this three-game losing streak has obviously come to an end, but now you're playing from behind um, against a team that has a lot of offensive firepower, and that's difficult. Um so they had a, a penalty kill. Well, they needed to kill a penalty with uh, four minutes and 30 seconds left. And then McDavid just did what he does. He sliced through the defense, um, got his second goal of the period. The Oilers had four goals in the first, and McDavid was in on every single one of them. Two goals, two assists, four points in the first period. So he pretty much could just sit on the bench the rest of the game but he clearly did not. Um, and it got me thinking, like, we, I, for me anyway, I don't really, because I follow the Avalanche and I do this show and I do other things for, you know, writing and stuff, um, I don't really watch a heck of a lot of, of other teams play. I'll watch highlights and stuff like that, but I don't watch teams, like, start to finish. Got me thinking, like, the way we watch Nathan McKinnon, we watch him day in, day out, we're still blown away by him, but when another team watches him, when they're when, like you know, say like Winnipeg that just 
played, or even like a uh, East Coast team, like if it's the Rangers. We only see him twice a year. Uh, when they watch him play, they're probably just wowed by him. And that's how I was with Connor McDavid tonight. I, every time you watch him play, you're wowed by him. But tonight, it was apparent he is just a man on a mission. And it's just so effortless for him. And that's what kind of angers me. Is It just seems he just glides along the ice where like McKinnon is that power skater. Um, McDavid takes those like little choppy... Uh, strides, but he is so lightning quick, and it, he, he's just—he's just an unstoppable force right now, and it's really something to watch. And when you do get to watch it, you—you're in in awe of it, and you have to give him credit because he's—he's he's a, a phenomenon right now. Um, so that was it, and then I, I mean, at the end of the the first, Colorado's down uh, four to one. And and you're not feeling too good about it. So what are you going to do? Nothing you can do. But there is something you can do if we want to talk about a sponsor right now um, about your sex life. Why don't we just talk about your sex life? What a transition that is. Um, I, you know, if you can remember those days when you were always ready to go, we might be getting a little bit older, um, maybe wiser, maybe not so wiser. Uh, but you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. And the way that you can do that is through our sponsor, BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. And uh, what Blue Chew is, is it's the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients that's in Viagra and Cialis. And if you have used those, you know that they work. So will Blue Chew. Um, you can take them anytime. You can take them day or night. You have a full stomach, empty stomach, doesn't matter. You can take them whenever you want, uh, whenever you the mood might strike. Um, and since they're chewable, they work a lot quicker than taking the pill. And I don't know about you, but like I'm not a big pill guy because you never know when it's gonna when they when it kicks in. Uh, because it's chewable, it kicks in more readily, actively ready to go. Uh, so you can be ready ready whenever that opportunity arises. So uh, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in bed. Um, Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so you don't have to worry about neighbors prying. Um, no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy. And obviously, there's none of that awkwardness when uh, you order this stuff. So it's made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, it's cheaper than in the pharmacy. So right now, we've got a special offer for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code. Now, in the ad I have here, the promo code says MLB for our baseball section. I don't know if you can enter NHL. I should have got clarification on that. Try NHL. If NHL doesn't work, try MLB. We're all on the same network, and you would just pay five dollars in shipping so that's bluechew.com b-l-u-e chew.com and again try the promo code either mlb or nhl and you will try it for free so blue chew is better cheaper faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast so finally you know the third was more or less a formality um edmonton like i said four shots on goal 
Uh, and by the way, in the second, oh yeah, McDavid picked up two more points. So he has six on the day through two periods. Um, and like I said, he could have been done at the end of the first and had a, a full stat sheet. And not only um, did he have six, um, let me see here. Let me get to their, th- let's see. So he had three goals, three assists, three assists. Uh, Dre Seidel had five assists. Didn't have any goals. Five. I knew he had five points. I didn't know if he had a, couldn't remember if he had a goal or not. Um, so five points for him. Six points for McDavid. Uh, Dreisaitl was leading uh, the team in, in points going in. And imagine having scored five points and you lost ground on the guy who's behind you and Connor McDavid. <laughs> Whatever. It's, it's kind of laughable. They're, they're, it was like they were playing a, 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 a NHL video game out there tonight. Um, their power play really was on point tonight. They were well, they were four out of five on the power pay, play after the second. Uh, the third, I got to be honest with you, I kind of like uh, they had one power play that they did not score on, so they were four out of six. Uh, the the third period I was casually watching, so um, they were four out of six on power plays. Colorado, zero for five. Um, faceoffs were relatively even and Colorado had the advantage on the shots. There were some really questionable calls. I don't want to get into the, the referees. I'm not here to do that. This was Edmonton's night. Um, but I guess the only reason I want to bring it up from the, the danger aspect, um, one, one was on, on Nazem Kadri. He, he, it wasn't to the extent what happened to Francois the other day of running into the goalie. He did kind of nail the goalie and uh, the net kind of simultaneously. He kind of was driven in to him, and Kadri was called for the penalty. That was kind of iffy, but the really dangerous one um, was on Comfer, and our friend Cassian just straight up launched his whole body right behind the net, right into Comfer, and nothing was called. And it's not like it was there was commotion. It was just the two of them. Uh, Comfer had the puck, and Cassian came out of nowhere to to really just do some damage. Um, Comfer kind of like absorbed it. He kind of turned away a little bit. He did go down, but that was dangerous. And I don't know what the rest were looking at at that point in time. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not calling for that to – because that's that could have got us back in the game or anything like that. No, this was Edmonton's game. It's just from the danger side of it. So, um, I guess what I do want to see is a a replay of this when we are healthy. I, I and I'm not using that as an excuse. I said that in the beginning. I just want to see this this game. What it would be like because these are two really good teams. They kind of have like the same style of play, a really uh, speed-based game. Um, and to have both teams be healthy, I would really love to see uh, what this this game and maybe even a series in the playoffs would look like between these two teams because it would be a dogfight. It really would. Edmonton got the best of them uh, today. Um, I don't know when they play next. Um, I won't go look at I should have looked it up before, but whatever. Um Hopefully that's when Colorado is um, a lot more healthy and it'll be uh, they can put up more of a fight than they did today. It was tough. 
Um, but it's going to happen. They had a three-game win streak. Um, that's over. They have tomorrow off, and then they go into Vancouver. Uh, that game, and that's a full, for me, that's a 10 o'clock at night game. So um, then they have, again, Grubauer expected to play in that one. But I'm pretty sure they a couple days ago they, they had him as the goalie for this game too. So we'll see what happens with that. So Doroff should be there. Um, the Canucks got off to that really good start. They've kind of tailed off a little bit. Um, I don't know if they played tonight. I can look that up really quick. They did. They Now it's not over yet. They're playing Dallas down 3-2 to two with 11 minutes to go. So anything could happen there yet. But... Overall, they're, they're kind of struggling a little bit. So, um, And I think coming off a loss for Colorado, obviously they don't want another losing streak to continue. They'll be on their game. So some things to sort out over the next day between injuries and things like that is, uh, you know, certain players coming back. You know, Zoroff is there. Um, Grubauer coming back, that would be a big bonus. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But until then... That's going to be it for tonight, guys. Don't forget, um, I don't know if I'm going to do uh, a post game tomorrow. I'll try to. We'll see how the night goes um, because that would technically be coming out on Saturday. If I don't, again, have a good week next week. I will be in Disney playing with Star Wars toys and all that other fun stuff. And uh, if you want to follow what I'm doing once I get back, Head over to my other show that I do with my buddy Mark, The Enthusiast Life. Um, and uh, for Locked On Avalanche, I will still be on Instagram, Twitter, and all that stuff. So it's not going to be total silence from Locked On Avalanche. Uh, but from the shows, you just have to put it off for a week. I apologize, but kind of just worked out that way. So that's it for now, guys. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. And one more time before the week, here's my daughter, Joey. Go, Abs, go!